Cougs house. All right. Houston Cougar Tank Dell heads into the NFL draft this weekend with high hopes, probably the highest of any Houston Cougar. But where does that land him and what will he do in the NFL? You are locked on Cougs, your daily podcast on the Houston Cougars, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to Locked On Cougars, the daily podcast all about your Houston Cougars. I'm your host, Houston-born teacher and coach, Parker Andrew, that break down all things Cougs. If you're a U of H fan or just a hater can't stop by, please be sure to subscribe down below. That way you can lay us in the Cougs in your news feed each and every day. We appreciate you making Locked On Cougs your first listen of the day. Welcome back to the YouTube channel. It's good to see you again every day, uh, as, of, as we say every day here at Locked On Cougs. Uh, we are approaching 1,100 subscribers. It looks like, and uh, remember at twelve fifty, you're giving something away. We've been doing something every. I'm uh, giving away these hats away, I should say, and we've been giving something away every two fifty. Been really, really a great deal. Um, to make sure we get there, a hit subscribe, b like and comment down below so we know you're involved in the contest. If we talk about Tank Dell this whole time, and you're like, I am tired of talking about Tank, you're something else to say. Tell us honestly. Tell us. Conversation today was: Do you wear shoes inside your house, or perhaps more importantly, do you wear your house shoes outside of? house now today's episode is going to be looking at tank dell's prospects in the nfl uh he's the highest ranked cougar on any draft board across the country um a lot of high hopes for him in this year's nfl draft so first we're going to look at what are people looking at what kind of a guy what kind of a role can tank fill across the nfl because i think there are spots across lots of rosters for tank um, and, and I think that he's like a very natural fit in a lot of teams. That's why people are projecting him where they are. But in the second and third segments, we're going to look at some in second good situations he could land in because there are some, as we know, that just fit him better than others. And there are going to be some in the third segment that are just flat out not good fits for him that might take him as a best player available type guy, but are just not great landing spots. So first, let's talk about what kind of qualities they're going to get out of Tank. Obviously, Let's start on the highs here. Uh, you and I both know after watching Tank for several years at Houston after transferring from junior college and stuff like that across Alabama, um, he is a instant highlight reel type player. I mean, shifty speed goes from first to fourth gear, seemingly in half of a step, um, shifty in and out of breaks, but doesn't seem to lose any speed in and out of those breaks. Um, really, really tremendous route runner and just creates great separation with his speed as seen in his two consecutive 1300 yard seasons in 2021 and 2022. He had 12 touchdowns as well in 2021, 17 touchdowns in 2022. That number led all of the NCAA. That's not the American athletic conference, the entire NCAA. He also for its worth led uh, the NCAA in receiving yards and was second in the NCAA in total catches uh big big numbers put up the past season from one tank dope landing him with a third team all-american squad now people look at those numbers like third team all-american how could that happen well the answer on how that could happen is frankly uh voters downvoting because he's playing in the marathon conference right um and and i get some of like you didn't get to see the sec defensive guys and those kind of stuff week in week out basis but when you put on the tape of him playing against auburn and the birmingham bowl just a season prior he still stands out, right? And so I think that that's why people are like putting him in the third round because clearly he still separates himself on tape, even in 
senior bowl practices, whenever you're putting him out there against high-level competition, he still sticks out. Um, the downfall or the, the drawback to uh, drafting Tankdale are some of those measurable things that kind of kept him you know, at the JUCO level and then got him to Houston in the first place. Um, he had other stuff going on too, right? But those were also part of this. He measured in at the Combine. Uh, per NFL.com at five foot eight, 163 pounds. Um, the average wide receiver in the NFL per their own data is six foot and three eighths inches and 199.4 pounds. That's considerably bigger than tank Dell, right? Um, there are in the entire NFL, just 34 players, five, eight or under. And there are only three players listed as under 165 pounds and one of them was not on an opening day roster last season. He just made the roster by the end of the season. So that's the light side of what we're talking about. And that's the side that keeps him being projected into that second, third round, right? Um, obviously, he's uber talented. Obviously, we both know that he is going to catch a lot of touchdowns if you give him the opportunity. The thing that has people worried about him as far as an earlier round draft pick is, are you going to invest a first or second round pick in a guy that could get broken in half almost literally, right? And so I think that's the big concern here. And so you got to find roles for him on teams where he can shine and they can take that risk or have the space to have that gamble to maybe, you know, roll the dice or put him out there and not necessarily be worried about investing a whole lot because of other pieces. We'll get to that in a moment. Um, but I have to say that it's it's not just you and I pointing out the positives of this guy. And it's not like it's all doom and gloom either. Um, lots of analysts uh, across consensus networks have him uh, touted for his separation. He's creating a lot of separation, the inner routes and the senior bowl practices, pro days. And then obviously on the American athletic film uh, on the different games in last, uh, last two seasons. Um, I am not the only person pointing out that he shifts directions without having to shift speeds. And I think that's a big, big deal when you're so little because you've got to create separation to make an uncontested catch because just being so small, it, it's, if people are getting there fighting with you for the football, right? If you get your hands up and you're a smaller person, right? The wingspan is not quite the same. The strength once they get the hands on the ball is not quite the same. Um, he did have pretty large hands, especially when you factor in for a guy his size. And he did run a sub four, five forty, which I thought was notable because one analyst anonymously said that he's not a track runner, right? He's not like a guy that has track running type form and speed, but he still goes sub four five, which is why his game speed feels so fast because a lot of receivers go sub four five, but a lot of receivers also have that track type training. Um, the other thing about him too, is that we saw him electrically return punts last season. Uh, he didn't get to show that off year before, right? Marcus Jones was that guy and um, getting, getting to show him off more in that role this season actually kind of boosted his NFL uh his draft stock because truthfully that's another role for him. Um, obviously we mentioned him being tiny. Um, I do think the other thing I've seen consistently as far as knocks on him has been his footwork and things he does to make up with that. Um, lots of extra steps to try and get away from defenders where like a bigger, strong guy just takes two steps and, poof, and just knocks guys and keeps going. He can't do the part. So he has to like get extra steps in and do those kinds of things. And, Will he be able to do that at the NFL level? We shall see. As far as a role goes, though, I see him as a slot-type receiver that you use not – I mean, you see a lot of like 6'5 tight end type guys lining up like that right now. Um, he obviously will never be 
that. You can't make him grow taller. But I do think he can be your changeup guy in that instance. I also think on obvious passing downs, when you don't have to worry about like personnel packages that are going to be running under nickel and dimes. Anyway, um, you put him in that slot spot because of that speed. And then you hope that on these I, either underneath routes where you have other guys, bigger guys taking the top off, he can skedaddle and get out of there with the ball. Or you use his speed to just take the top off. Right, We saw Sean Jackson do that for years. Right, Just take the top off. And if they don't cover you, catch 40-yard touchdown. Right, Those kinds of things and those kinds of usages are where I see him best, both the underneath and the over the top. None of the intermediate stuff or none of the isolation type of stuff. Um, unless you somehow isolated his speed on a linebacker, um, in which case I would hopefully be running an outbreaking around, getting away from the linebacker to the sideline for his own health and safety. But I will say that that's the only kind of instance I could see him being isolated. The other roles I see him playing as he comes in as a special teams guy right away, both on kickoffs and punts, um, he does have special dynamic speed in those instances. And I think he's kind of just special kind of wiggly with the football. You got to see him do those. I want to get some in the second segment to talking about um, what exactly or what teams exactly have a need for a guy at that role. But first, I need to talk to you some about our buddies at FanDuel because it is time for Grand Slams, no hitters, double plays, because they're all back. There's no better place to get on the MLB action than America's number one span, number one sports book. That is FanDuel. That's because right now new customers can set up a uh, step up the plate with a no sweat first bet up to one thousand dollars just go to fanduel.com slash locked on sign up place your first bet and get up to one thousand dollars back in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win now i have to say that uh, my bet on the astros for world series continues to look better if you place it later because after a slow start the astros have actually fallen out of being the world series favorites i also have to say that after watching houston struggle with tampa on monday and having watched Houston bounce back and forth with teams throughout the week, when I look at FanDuel's got the Rays favored by one and a half runs on Tuesday. They got Garcia on the mound for Houston. They got the over-under set at eight. I'm thinking it goes just under that. I'm thinking this is a 4-3, maybe a 4-2 type ball game. I think this is also the kind of game where Houston bounces back. We've seen a little bit back and forth. We also may see Jordan Alvarez back in lineup for Houston. So I'm thinking I'm taking the Astros. I'm thinking I'm taking them to beat the points. And I'm telling you to do it all at FanDuel. So don't miss your chance. Get a no sweat first bet up to $1,000 when you join FanDuel today. Just go to FanDuel.com slash locked on. Sign up. FanDuel, an official sports partner of Major League Baseball. March Madness is right around the corner. If you want to win your office pool, you need to stay caught up with all the college basketball action with the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Every Monday, Andy Patton and Isaac Shade recap the biggest stories in college basketball, keep you up to date on the NCAA tournament bubble, and get you ready for the upcoming week of games. From the Big East to the Mountain West and everywhere in between, Andy and Isaac have college hoops covered on the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. All right. So I want to talk a little bit about um, good landing spots for Tank. So mentioned that his role is kind of a, I don't want to say gadget gizmo type guy, but there were very specific kind of things when you use him in, either in the underneath stuff that's kind of like, you know, check downy kind of stuff, get him into space, or that isolation over the top type guy, right? Um, the first and 
the most obvious place, I think, in yesterday's episode, the everydayers are like nodding already. Um, but in yesterday's episode, we talked with John Vogel about landing him on the New England Patriots. Now, they've done this with tiny slot receivers and kind of counterbalance tiny slot receivers with tight ends in the slot for what feels like a decade and a half at this point, right? Um, they always do this. Um, they also have a fairly talented wide receiver group around him and Devontae Parker and Juju Smith-Schuster. Um, and that's a great group to be kind of that third option that we're talking about in where you're going to double one of those guys and you're going to be able to work in combination routes and like he'll be the underneath guy that can scamper after he catches the ball or whatever. Um, the other thing about them is they have a tight end in Hunter Henry that's going to be playing a lot of downs. But he's not the kind of tight end that you're going to see in the slot a whole lot. So that's a spot where I could see Tank Dobrely latching on and playing in that Belichicky type of system and really, really sticking uh, there. Um, now, I'm also putting a lot of faith in Middley and Mac Jones being the guy to get him the football in those situations. It's a little bit of a regression by Mac Jones in year two, but I think he can get Tank the ball in those spots in a way that works well for he and uh, the Patriots, hopefully, and they win a bunch of games that way. It would also land him in the same locker room as Marcus Jones, um, also former Houston Cougar, right? And, and I, I feel like that's a, a fun deal. Even if it's just for the practice reps going back and forth, Cougar versus Cougar, DB on receiver, that'd be a lot of fun for uh, Cougar fans like us. But it, <laughs> I think it'd, be, it'd bring out the best in both of them, right? It's a competitive atmosphere. Um the other place I think is fairly obvious in this is the LA Rams. Um, Sean McVay is an offensive genius. The only hiccup here and some things, and we'll talk to this in a second though, is I see one or two people nodding about like the fact that Cooper Cup is already the slot receiver there, right? Cooper Cup was a uh, you know, Super Bowl MVP type guy, or had the tremendous, you know, last, uh, it, wasn't, it was more than just a drive, so it would say fourth quarter in that game. Um, but what I think of when I think of Tank Dell's role with that is I guess, you know, you can interchange who's the slot and who's the wideout between he and Cup. But I see the dynamic where he, where Cup and Odell Beckham played, not to say that Odell Beckham and Tank Dell are all the same, but the same kind of role to play off of Cup. Oh, you're going to double underneath stuff? Well, we sent Tank Dell deep. So if you're going to double underneath, we got the speed, right? Oh, well, we're going to, you know, go home over the, do it over the top dig and pull Tank Dell out. Oh, you're going to, Follow the dig all the way in. We're going to hit Tank Dell up the sideline and run him up the same. Those are the kinds of spots that I could see him working with very, very well. Um, and, and I think that the truth is, is that we've seen maybe I'm obviously a big Sean. I'm, what coach is not a Sean McVay fan, right? So I'm a big Sean McVay fan, but I also think that we've seen him use a talented wideout with Cooper Cup in those types of instances before. And so that's the kind of crossing kind of actions I could see someone doing with Tank Dell and working really, really well. The other thing about those rub routes that we know that McVeigh likes so much is for a smaller guy like Tank Dell, it really, really frees him up as he's on his way out to the sideline or whatever. I think that's a key, key feature in an offense for his success. Right. Uh, CL Seahawks are another team on my list. Uh, their offensive coordinator, uh, Shane Waldron, is a Sean McVay guy. So some of the same conceptual kind of things in offense as far as rubs and dig outs and, and those kinds of concepts. Um, but I I like the wide receiver room in here in Seattle as a fit for him as well. You have DK Metcalf, which is like the opposite of Tank Dell is itty bitty tiny receiver. Tank, DK Metcalf is the opposite, right? Just big behemoth, all chest, shoulders, just a massive, massive human being playing wide receiver, right? All of a sudden, 
if you line them up in the same side or you know close together or rub them off like in different com combinations and concepts the guy you have covering tank is not gonna be a guy you want covering dk and the guy you have covering dk is not gonna be the type of guy you want covering tank and so suddenly something is happening if they're beating man breaker if they have man beaters other concepts with the rubbing and crossing and t -t -t all kinds of things um that would be what I anticipate working well for him in that offense. Um, I also think Lockett is a speedy guy on the other side would work well for Tank too. I just think that's a natural, natural matchup. The other thing about Lockett in that instance in that offense is you can't leave Lockett on the on the other side one on one either, right? So they have to truly play balance with it. I like that offense a lot with Tank involved, and I really, really could see him flourishing in that offense. Um, you know, say what you want about Chino Smith, he had as good a year last year as you can realistically expect for a guy. Uh, comeback player of the year type of year, even though we didn't really come. I, you want to call it a jaw injury like a decade ago, a comeback injury? I don't know. I, I, the the truth though is that like I think all those things fit together, and Waldron being a McVay guy makes me have faith he'd understand how to work those receivers the same way we just talked about him being worked in Los Angeles. Um, my last like pie in the sky type of dream for him. Um, is weirdly a situation where I think they need a new quarterback too. Um, and they may be drafting a quarterback in an earlier round. So we'll see. But I also would like to see Tank Dell end up in Washington. Um, now, I know that Terrence Lauren is a solid, solid, solid outside receiver to be doing these same kinds of concepts and rub routes and all these, you know, dig out types of stuff with, right? So that's the first piece of this McLaurin. I have a lot of faith in McLaurin. I think it's a good thing. The other thing I'll say too is it's not – the Eagles are the Eagles, but it's not a defense. They're not a division that has crazy, overwhelming defense that you're going to suffocate tank, right? The Eagles are really, really good, really, really stinking good, right? Um, but on the whole, like, we don't think that same way about the Cowboys defense. We don't think the same way about the Giants defense. I mean, they got, like, occasional, like, Parsons in Dallas or, uh, you know, I like Thibodeau in, in New York, but, like, that's individual players. That's not, like, a whole defense. Those are also pass rushers. Um I like that combination and the way that all shapes up for Tank. The other thing about this is, is and look at them, is they just pulled in Eric Bieniemy as the offensive coordinator, right? And he is crazy creative. I'm excited to see what he does and remove him away from Andy Reid too, because I, for whatever reason, it was Pat Mahomes, it was Eric Bieniemy, and it was Andy Reid, and that trio kind of only had the credit split in two for how how tremendous that offense was the last four or five years, right? Where Bianami was there the whole time, he kind of got left out and getting the credit. I think it's time to see what Bianami's creativity looks like and Tank Dell's versatility and all those like shifty things he does is a great tool for a coach trying to implement some sort of a creative system. Now, admittedly, of these four options, I think Tank could play really well in. This is the one with the worst quarterback as far as somebody that can get him the ball. And I, I let off with Max Jones, right? So that, that's where we're at in this. Um, but a, Sam Howell does not have to be there forever. And B, I think the check down for Sam or Sam Howell will constantly be hitting tank on the arrow, hitting tank on the speed out, hitting tank on the, or frankly, the check that we call it a check and chuck, where like, oh, if they're blitzing, we're just throwing it deep in man coverage and hitting tanked over the top, or just, you know, like just fade route kind of stuff. Um, those are the kinds of things you can see working out really, really well from there, even though they need so much quarterback help. Now, I want to talk some in the third second about like what if those are places he would work, where are places that like he doesn't work? And I want to talk about how that would happen too in said third segment. 
So let's jump on in. Now, I have to say, the way that guys get drafted into bad situations, especially as a third-round-ish type of guy, like we're seeing Tank be projected so, so much, admittedly in a deep wide receiver class, is honestly that you get to those third, fourth, fifth rounds, and some franchises just think we're taking best player available, right? And there's a real chance that a team in the mid-third round has second-round grades on Tank Dell, and they're like, well, we don't, we don't need him, but he's so much better than everyone on the board right now, we're taking him, right? And that's something that would happen to Tank that might not happen to other guys uh, in later rounds of the draft. That's kind of like the gift and the curse of being a guy getting drafted at that point is like, mm, like this is not necessarily the best situation for him individually, but he's got to go, right? Um, the first of which, and this is not just because the GM makes a lot of mistakes, but the first place I think that he shouldn't end up or would be you know, not beneficial for him to end up is the Dallas Cowboys. Um, a couple of things with them. First of all, there's a lot of questions about what this offense is going to look like. Uh, Brian Schottenheimer comes in and replaces Kellen Moore. Um, they have a bunch of wideouts already. CD Lamb is kind of that slot guy. Um, they've got Tony Pollard in the backfield. They're talking about bringing in more running backs and running the ball more. Um, Dak Prescott's a running quarterback himself. Um, truthfully, while there's a lot of a lot of guys in the NFL draft that do well in Dallas, Tankdale's not one. Now I could see them getting there and being kind of infatuated with the numbers and be like, look, he's tiny, but like he's played in the state of Texas in college and he'll be our guy. And, blah, blah, blah. and if he gets there, we're going to root for him and talk, talk ourselves into ways he could be successful there. I don't mean that I won't, but truthfully there's too much overlap in what he and CD lamb both do well to me um, to have in the same offense. And I don't know enough. I don't have enough faith in what we've seen at Brian Schottenheimer to like, be like, Oh yeah, he's going to fix that up. It'll, he'll find some way to scheme them both involved to get involved. I could see them drafting him and kind of just turning him into a punt returner. And that's a way to a short, short career. And that's not the role Tank Dell needs at the NFL level. The second team that I could see, and the funny thing here is, is all these teams have good quarterbacks. Dallas, I'm a big Dak Prescott fan. Comment down below if you got a problem with that. I'm a Dak Prescott guy. I like him a lot. Um, Jacksonville is another team that I think is moving in the right direction, but would not best serve Tank Dell. Now, um, you got to remember in their wide receiver room right now, they got Calvin Ridley coming in, Christian Kirk, and Zay Jones. Really high on Zay Jones. Obviously, we remember playing against him for a little bit of his college career at East Carolina. He's, he was pretty good there. But um, I, I, I like him a lot at the NFL level. He seems to always be on good teams. Um, they have Trevor Lawrence, and I know that he can distribute the football and like do well with whatever wide out you put out there, and they've got a great wide receiver room and all that kind of stuff. But Press Taylor uh, – as a coach, also likes to utilize the tight end a lot. We got Evan Ingram on the roster. We just named three strong wideouts. I worry that there wouldn't be enough passes to get to, like Tank Dell wouldn't get a whole lot of targets in that offense unless someone broke with Julius and went down. And I hate rooting for that to happen. So I, I just don't have faith that they'd be a team that well served him. Um, they just kind of seem too crowded for me for a guy like Tank to step in. And again, I could see them in those later rounds saying, we need best player available. Let's just take Tank at this point, that third, if last the fourth round kind of thing. Um, I just don't think he fits. He fits what they do. He doesn't fit on the field with them right now. I think that's an intentional, that's an important thing to distinguish. And the other team I feel that same way about fits what they do, but doesn't fit on the field right now 
is the Cincinnati Bengals. I mean, they have a ton of wide receivers and a ton of guys that already get the football a lot. I mean, if anything, it's like, could you get Jamar Chase the ball more, right? Obviously, Joe Burrow puts it all over the field very, very well. And Zach Taylor um, runs an offense that is open to creativity and some of these rub route kind of concepts that we're talking about. But they've got the guys to do it already. So if they needed a wide out for some reason, I could see Tank fitting in there. He fits in what they do well, but he just didn't fit on their roster well. And that's kind of the thing that all these three teams have in common is they they use the slot receiver. They use them well, and they use them in a way that Tank Dale would flourish. They just don't have a need for Tank, and he doesn't bring enough because of the size limitations to go out and be a one-on-one isolation on the outside or something like that on the opposite of all these actions. So I, those are the three teams I don't think he will he would per, play particularly well and have a particularly strong start to his career on. Obviously, wherever he goes this weekend, you and I are going to talk about it, and we're going to talk about how we'll be successful there. But if you got a team that you think he'd do well on or not well on or think I'm way off base, tell me down below or find me on Twitter at Painsworth512, P-A-I-N-S-W-O-R-T-H-512 on Twitter, Instagram, and all of your social media handles. And do all those things, uh, all Panthers 512 talking Houston Cougar football, basketball. The baseball team is playing tremendously right now. A Corey Joke, speaking of baseball team in the MLB for the Astros, doing great. We're talking Astros. The Rockets just hired Ime Udoka. Uh, the Texans are in this draft. We can talk about them too, right? All kinds of Houston sports things all the time. Thank you all so much for talking Houston sports and sitting down with me today to do so. Uh, if we're for a second listen of the day, I'm going to recommend Locked On. Well, today I'm going to recommend Locked On Houston Rockets because the Udoka signing is big time. And if Houston fan that's just across town, um, although because of their age, they feel like a college team a lot of the time. So go check out the Locked On Rockets of Jackson Gatlin. Uh, Jackson Gatlin's a great job with that show, talking all things Udoka on it, probably as we speak. So make sure you go check them out. Thank you all so much for tuning in to Locked On Kooks today. Locked On Kooks is a proud member of the Locked On Podcast Network. That means your team every day. Go, go.